Hi, everyone. I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Jenny. I feel like deeply misanthropic. Um, I think that that's the word of the month for me. It's been, it's been, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I posted a joke that said, quote, I don't believe in vaccines, end quote, says the person vaccinated against polio and this, that, 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 and the other. And Jenny, I was like, I can't explain to you how many anti-vax and anti-science and like harassment I received just from posting that one joke that didn't even tell people like, if you don't get vaccinated, you're the devil. No, it was just, hey, consider the logic of getting vaccinated. And it was sort of then that I was confronted with the reality that, you know, I've, I've seen anti-vaxxers and people that are afraid and hesitant of the vaccine a lot on, on the news and this, that, and the other. I just didn't expect it to be so prevalent within my community. Oh, it's... It was a rude awakening for me. I'm like, is this all Jenny McCarthy's doing? Right. Because starting kindergarten, I remember my little vaccine passport. Mm -hmm. And I would not be allowed to enroll unless I showed proof of my vaccines. This was just normal. No one questioned it. I've never seen it be an issue in my community until COVID. Right. And all this rampant misinformation, especially in El Fable. Fable. <laughs> oh, my God. The kind of stuff that I used to see some of my mom's friends sharing. I mean, we've all heard it by now, you know, the 5G or the mind control or, or it's the actual virus. And I don't know. Do you know what's interesting is like people ask me like, yeah, well, explain the science to me. And I'm like, why is it my responsibility to understand the complete? We have scientists <laughs> and doctors that know the science and they're telling you to get the shot. It's like. The fight between the anti-vaxxers is they just say, I don't believe you. And then the fight for the pro-vaxxers or the people that are pro-science is like, I need to be the most educated person in the world to be able to fight this fight because you're not even coming to me with logic. You're coming to me with complete and utter disbelief. It's like trendy or something to just be like, I don't believe it and, and Illuminati and, and just thinking of like the weirdest rabbit hole bullshit you can find yourself in which i have and it's like a tr it's like a thing now to just deny science right it's like the new trend it's trendy it's super trendy to deny science my theory was after this pandemic anti-vax that sentiment is going to disappear because we've seen the effects of when of what happens when you do not have a vaccine against a disease. Like, this isn't what I want. I should get a vaccine. But it literally caused and 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 did the opposite, which I found it's like mind blowing to me that that's it's the mind blowing, especially that we are almost two years into this crap. There have been tons of anti-vaxxers and COVID deniers who have, in fact, passed away from the virus. People who who were, you know, anti-vaxxers begging people from their hospital bed at the brink of death to get vaccinated. None of this has been enough. And especially now with breakthrough cases, that's something that I'm currently combating with my community is that I've had a lot of people who have been vaccinated write me and tell me, well, psh, jokes on you. I still caught it. I'm like, what? well, unless you're the ghost of, of who you are, <laughs> like unless you're a fucking espiritu fucking writing me on Instagram, you're alive right now bitch like you're fucking texting me this sassy ass thing like i caught covid i'm like okay you're alive though that's the oh point my of god the joanna but i can't i'm I sorry i'm dying i literally i really hope that one day a ghost does text you um but <laughs> until then like that's I'm my happy. dream that's my goal in life is for a ghost to text me but i don't oh have that sixth god. sense well you know what jenny 
I'm also ready to bash my head against the wall because I am not an expert. I'm not an expert and you're not an expert. And we keep on being placed in positions where people ask us as if we're experts, but we're not. <laughs> and we have an expert here with us today. We have Dr. Stacey Dillon. She is a board certified physician. Okay. She's board. She's a real doctor, everyone. <laughs> she's worked through the height of the pandemic and now combats online misinformation about COVID on her Instagram account at Stacey Dillon underscore MD. Stacy, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. I'm so relieved you're here. <laughs> you're going to answer all our questions. Great. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. So you're a doctor. You're busy every day. You are saving lives. What made you think, hey, I think I need to open an Instagram account and I need to start talking about this? So I had um, you know, worked in New York City through the height of the first wave. And one of the jobs that I had at the clinic that I worked at was like just to um, read through all the COVID science so we could do everything that we could to keep our patients safe, to keep our staff safe. And so, you know, I was um, reviewing all the available evidence. And so, um, and at the time I started doing things on my Instagram, we had gotten new data about vaccines. And to me, it looked like such an incredible light at the end of the tunnel. And there was a lot, uh, what, what I just found was that, you know, it was very clear cut to me, the science on the vaccines, that how helpful they would be, how safe they were. And at the same time, I also just started receiving questions from friends and from patients um, with a lot of this sort of really confusing misinformation that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And so I just started, you know, doing Q and A's and things on my Instagram to answer questions about um, things that people were hearing, um, information that they were encountering, uh, are these vaccines safe? You know, what about this thing that I heard from my from my aunt on Facebook, you know, these things that I need to worry about. And, um, you know, it just sort of took off from there with people um, really, really hungry for um, information. And, you know, every day there's a new headline when it comes to COVID. And if you don't have a science background, I think it can be really hard to distill a lot of that information. Um, so I've just done whatever I can to try and make the information that's out there about both COVID infection and vaccines as accessible as possible. I love that like me and Jenny are like freaking out and exploding because we've had to answer like five people's questions and you're just so calm and diplomatic. <laughs> like you went through the height of the pandemic in New York. Like you saw firsthand the atrocity of, of this of this pandemic and yeah. you know the fact that you are so patient <laughs> in answering some of these questions that for you are probably just sort of un unbased or or sort of lack uh fact uh is is gives me faith <laughs> what is some of the mind-blowing misinformation that you've come across it changes almost every week and you know one thing that's been really illuminating to me that i had no idea about before this pandemic is there's actually like a, a very profitable anti-vax industry like there are people who directly profit off of Wait. the share of misinformation what what yeah, so there's, you know, there's um the social media companies themselves profit a lot by having these accounts in which often act as a marketplace for things like essential oils and, you know, all the things that mm. supplements to boost your immune system so that you don't have to get a vaccine. Um, and these accounts have millions and millions of followers and that helps feed the social media companies as well. And, you know, I'm sure that if you've had a friend who's who's encountered some misinformation, they forwarded you the account of somebody who has hundreds of thousands of followers, um, and they're able to profit from that misinformation and also, you know, at the same time, sell you their supplements. So I think that, um, I think that there's a contingent of people who are really anti-vax and, you know, like you said, hit your social media and all these things. But I, what I, what I really keeps me driven and continue to provide information to people is that 
Well, you've got the anti-vaxxers on one side and the people who are pro-vaccine on the other. In the middle, there's a lot of people who are really, really confused. And mm -hmm. they are just all this information is coming at them every day. Um, and, you know, they hear that this this vaccine technology is new, which it's it's not. But, you know, they haven't heard of it before. They've got people telling them that what they're doing might not be safe. And while I had the experience of being in New York and, you know, I lived next to a hospital that had a truck with, um, you know, for bodies outside of it that was so severe. There are a lot of people in a lot of places in the country who think maybe I haven't been touched by this and I won't have to. So why would I take the risk of getting a vaccine if I can just stay safe? I think, unfortunately, during the rise of Delta right now, um, there's very few people who aren't touched by this. And, you know, a lot of epidemiologists predict that if you're not vaccinated, um, that that the Delta variant is so highly infectious that it will reach you. So my goal is just to get as many people vaccinated as possible before it reaches them in a way, you know, like Jenny mentioned, so they're not on a hospital bed, um, then realizing that that was the time to be vaccinated. We're in this weird place as vaccinated folks where we're like, oh, it's fine. I'm going to go to that concert. I'm going to go to that big comic book convention. And as someone like myself, I have an autoimmune disease and I have asthma. And I'm at a point now that I'm like, I'm going to start going into hermit mode again. But then I see people just living their lives completely, not wearing masks, going to these big events. I think I think we're all really confused, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah. I think there was a time like right after I got vaccinated and for a little bit there, it felt like, oh, all right, we're moving towards something. But now it got more complicated. I feel like M. Night Shyamalan showed up and was like, just kidding. Um, so what is happening? I think that we had a lot of confusing messaging from the CDC, to be clear. For them to say, take off your mask and go about the world was premature and I, I imagine somewhat politicized. But vaccines are sort of like a, uh, um, a dimmer rather than a switch. Or another analogy I've heard is like it's wearing... Uh, your seatbelt while in a car, right? So it offers you a lot of protection. But if you're just going for a Sunday drive, the seatbelt, you know, does a lot more than if you're in sort of some kind of sort of crash derby, right? Mm -hmm. So right now, we're just like in a crash derby of a country where we have infection rates so high everywhere in the country, there's virtually no state or area that's untouched that doesn't have rising case rates. And we're seeing across a lot of the south and now in many parts of the country, hospitals filled to the breaking point once again. Um, and so when it comes to being vaccinated, it's the single most enormously protective thing you can do to protect yourself against uh, Delta, somewhere around 80 to 90 something percent protective against hospitalization mm -hmm. and death. But in that way, and that it's a dimmer, not a light switch, we do still have to continue to exercise some caution. And the way that we exercise caution is to wear masks indoors. The things that we know about COVID Infection is that it's spread um, indoors in areas of poor ventilation. And so wearing masks in those areas is enormously helpful. And every public health expert and epidemiologist will agree that vaccines are one tool that we have in this arsenal. Definitely the most important tool. But at this time, we do need to continue to exercise some caution, especially Jenny and folks like you who are immunocompromised or with underlying health conditions, you're more likely to be um, affected. But knowing that you're vaccinated is also going to um, most certainly protect you against the most severe outcomes um, of COVID-19. And so we're all confused in this area right now. We just need to continue to exercise some caution, get vaccinated and encourage those around us um, to be vaccinated as well. So if I get, let's say I get vaccinated mm -hmm. and I am vaccinated and I go to someone's house that is unvaccinated, mm -hmm. is the fact that I'm vaccinated because of that, am I um, less likely to carry the, the disease and give it to them? 
you are absolutely less likely to have the disease. If you do have COVID, you are um, you will spread less and you will spread it for a shorter amount of time. Those are the things that we know. So again, that dimmer, not a light switch analogy, it's going to help enormously in the setting of enormously high COVID everywhere around us right now. It's not perfect. It's really helpful. Well, there seems to be an attitude amongst some vaccinated folks um, about when it comes to wearing masks. They're like, well, too bad for the unvaccinated. That's not my problem. Um, it's like, I get it, but it's really not right. It's you're lacking empathy here, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, what, what, what do you have to say about folks like that who are just like, I'm not wearing a mask, I'm vaccinated, even though it's still gonna protect them because the Delta variant and all these other variants are running rampant now. But mm-hmm. when it comes to protecting other people and there's this like, again, this attitude of, well, too bad. I, it's not my responsibility to protect those who have refused the vaccine, almost like this bizarre vengeance. <laughs> like, At the end of the day, we don't, you know, get to have this like, fine, every man for themselves attitude, like, fine, I'll get vaccinated. And I don't care about other folks who do because of variants, right? The exact reason that we're here is because not enough people got vaccinated before Delta rose. And, you know, this is a global issue, right? We're going to see variants rise around the world if we don't have vaccine equity. And within our own country, if we don't have people getting vaccinated, those unvaccinated populations are going to continue to address these, are going to continue to have these mutants arise, these variants arise within their unvaccinated populations that may come back to bite us. And right now we have a lot of effectiveness in the in the variants uh, with the vaccine, but in the future we may not, right? So I think that it's like, we have to keep a sense of collectivism about this. We have to keep talking to those, uh, you know, who are hesitant, who, who, um, who may have concerns, who may have questions. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's often not, it's often a waste of our emotional energy. If you've got somebody screaming on you on social media, they're anti-vax, but then, you know, I think that there's a lot of people I'm personally encountering people who just thought maybe it wouldn't touch them. They had some fears and now they've got questions. Like this is actually a time that we can use. It's sad that there's so much, um, you know, there's so much infection, so many people getting sick, but it might mean that somebody who was hesitant before now knows somebody who's gotten sick and might come Mm -hmm. to you with questions. And if you spend a lot of time screaming about how, you know, how angry you are, that they haven't listened to the science so far, it, you know, I think it's better to just remain accessible and to to continue to share helpful scientific information and direct people to sources that are, you know, composed of peer reviewed data and, you know, groups of scientists who are able to review this data and share, you know, the most up-to-date information. I, I sometimes find it really shocking because, like, I go to the mechanic and I assume that the mechanic knows what they are doing to my engine. Um, I go to the doctor. I go to the dermatologist. And I assume the dermatologist knows more about my skin and, and about how, you know, my body works on the outside than maybe I do because I don't have that information. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's bizarre to see people that don't have information other than like a couple of Mm -hmm. articles they write online questioning those with years and years and years and years of knowledge. There's like a villainization now of the know-how of doctors and scientists. I do think to some of the faith that we tend to have in institutions, like I've, I've had to recognize that particularly from my perspective, it comes from a place of 
privilege, like knowing that I can trust in certain organizations. And I know for a lot of people, you know, particularly people of color Mm -hmm. um, in this country have had a really um, severe and horrifying history of medical mistreatment Mm -hmm. um, by doctors, by scientists. Um, You know, I think particularly in the Latinx population, there are people who have been disenfranchised, not given access to healthcare, had to figure out their health on their own because being undocumented here means that you don't get good access to healthcare. And so when you don't, you have to rely on yourself and and the word people around you and you don't sort of have that access. I think those are real things that we need to pay attention to. Pharmaceutical companies are nightmares. Like they do horrible things for profit. And so people often vary, they know these stories and they have a difference separating the actions of a, of a for-profit pharmaceutical company with like doctors reviewing evidence that does say that some of these products that pharmaceutical companies produce like are actually really helpful and really safe and can save your life. You know, so I think that we need to be sensitive to the fact that people come at this from different backgrounds and they may have, they may have a history of a time where a doctor didn't take their complaint seriously, you know, mm-hmm. and they may, Absolutely. it may be, it may be hard to separate that. So when I talk to people who are hesitant, I want to know more about what their experiences are. And I want to allow for that and understand where that comes from. Have you found that different groups of people from different backgrounds or nationalities have reacted to the pandemic differently based on their specific experiences? Yeah, so I mean, one one area which we did see a a large uptake of vaccines is among people who lived along the Mexican-Texan border. um, And because at the beginning of the pandemic, they saw horrifyingly high rates of death from COVID. Often they were in uh, positions where they worked, where they weren't able to socially distance, they weren't able to stay home, all the things that a lot of us did at the beginning of the pandemic and saw, you know, their friends and loved ones die. So when the vaccine became available, they very quickly took the vaccine and they saw it. And honestly, that's what we're seeing a lot around the country, right? The states where there's been the lowest vaccine uptake, places like Mississippi, Alabama, as their hospitals have become full and, you know, the Delta variant is reaching everyone, people are seeing their loved ones get sick. Um, and then now going ahead to get the vaccine, um, which is a very, very sad silver lining. So, you know, just like I mentioned before, we, we have to understand that everyone comes from different backgrounds and has their own lived experiences um, and that some of them may, you know, lead them to not trust uh, the government as much, the pharmaceutical companies as much. And we have to honor that. But um, more and more, you know, the more a community can insulate itself from COVID-19 and, and say that I'm able to stay safe, this doesn't affect me, they may be more likely to not get the vaccine at first. I feel like there's two pods of people I generally see, and obviously I'm generalizing. And the first pod is, is I think, the pod that you're, you're referring to, which I've seen within, you know, my own friend groups. I have uh, some undocumented friends. They're, they're afraid to go. They're afraid that what if they go and they, they ask for documentation and they don't have any. But then I see another pod which, of people, which I think is um, generally uh, more privileged in, in nature in that they're claiming that this is a, a part of a larger conspiracy and that they are unwilling to partake in something that they, uh, that they do not agree with. And I feel like one of them, one of the pods is circumstantial and perhaps lack of information and hesitancy due to trauma. And then the other one feels like an ideological stance it feels almost mm-hmm. religious in nature. One thing that gave me a lot of hope was I read a piece in the New York Times a little while ago about, uh, uh, by a historian who talked about like the history of, of vaccination. And, you know, when smallpox came around, which was this horrifying, disfiguring disease, it really, there was actually like a 
there was a misinformation campaign uh, that was brought on by somebody who was trying to sell you his alternative to the smallpox vaccine. And he wow. would say that he would say that it would turn you into an actual cow. So there were these flyers going around. It was like, get the shot, oh, turn into a boy. cow. But they like at the same. It was it, reading it was like exactly the same. And you you've seen you know this has happened various parts of the world with various vaccines. And eventually, over time, like once your access to doing the fun things that you enjoy is limited because you're not agreeing to sort of take this contract in society and vaccinate yourself to protect others, that eventually you know people start to see their friends get vaccinated. All those things about like it'll impact your fertility. And then you see your friend who got vaccinated, have a healthy pregnancy or go on to mm. get pregnant afterwards. It sort of starts to trickle away over time. And then it just sort of becomes easier to just get vaccinated. And after you realize that it's safe. Um, but I realized that waiting for that right now feels particularly painful as all of us really, really want to return to our former lives and a sense of safety. Um, but these are just these things that are going to take time and a lot of, um, conversations and support like the support that you offered your friend but we also have to be cognizant of that as we go into two years that you know like i said there's a highly coordinated profitable anti-vax industry that's doing a lot to spread sort of distrust so it's a it's a lot of work to do it's a lot to work against and it can feel really really overwhelming it breaks my heart because i mean hell my mom was almost victim to to this i really thought she was not going to get vaccinated and and then i started reading articles around that time where QAnon was targeting latinos specifically on social media uh especially around the election mm -hmm. and i had a doctor friend of mine from the university of miami give my mom a personal phone call and he's cuban too and like he's my mom has known him for years and he helped change her mind because my mom used to also be against the flu vaccine because she had a really bad experience with when she got the flu shot as a kid. So there was multiple reasons why my mom was afraid of the vaccine. Her bad experience with the flu shot as a kid. All these conspiracy theories. Mark of the Beast. Mark of the Beast sounds like a like a house album that you play when you want to like get lit. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting be, that you brought this up because I think, you know, a lot of the people that are fearful or are rejecting um, the vaccine are, are, I've seen a lot of interviews of people saying, I'm a very religious person, so I don't want it. Yes. Which, as if that was mutually exclusive. Or I see a lot of people say, we come from a very conservative household, I would never get the vaccine. Which again, feels like saying, I love playing PlayStation, that's why I don't walk at night. It's like that those two <laughs> things aren't related. What I find really interesting about like Jenny's story is that like despite these deeply held religious beliefs and this this fear that's almost supernatural of the vaccine, she did have a trusted person in her life mm -hmm. who was able to talk to her about the safety of the vaccine and convince her to get it. And I will tell mm -hmm. you there there are mm -hmm. no there really I don't know a single doctor who's who's not vaccinated and who doesn't believe in this. And so I mean I think we know this to be true in treating healthcare, you know, healthcare for any kind of getting, you know, having a patient take it um a medication that they may be nervous about in any sense of it is like, can we find a trusted source for that patient who believes it? So it might not be like a white doctor in a white coat on TV standing next to a president that they don't support, right? That might not be the guy, but do you know somebody in your family member's life that they trust that you know mm -hmm. is go it follows science? And I think that's a really important part of like, who do you trust that you can look to? Who looks like you? Who sounds like you? Who understands the things that are important to you? Who understands your beliefs that can that can talk to you about the safety of the vaccine in a way that you understand? And I can guarantee you, there's probably a person in your friend or family member's life who yeah. can be able to um, to help them in that way. I think the conclusion is this is a human 
problem. So we have to adapt to it in a human way. We got to bring it down to the people that you know and the people that people know versus this sort of existential, higher, weird, where you include the pharmaceutical companies and the, and the politicians and the Bible. It's like, all right, let's look, let's, let's talk to our neighbors and let's talk to our friends. And let's talk to our doctors that we like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys do have so many followers on social media. And so it's so great that you elevate this. And, you know, I think that um, the more and more uh, people that uh, are seen being out and vocal about the vaccine, hey, I was vaccinated. It was it was safe for me, you know, sharing that experience. And I really hope that your um, experience of being yelled at by anti-vax people didn't bring you down. Like, I, I think that it's it happens to me all the time and I just ignore that. And I focus on the couple comments, you know, that come in each time being like, hey, this post really helped me. I decided to get vaccinated yeah. because of you and you sharing, you know, your your thoughtful piece that wasn't like, you know, attacking anyone and just sharing that you got the vaccine and that we've done it from the time that we got polio vaccines as kids up until now. It's safe to do like I think that clear, consistent messaging about the safety of it is important um, and not letting ourselves get bullied by some overly loud voices on the internet. Yeah, because ultimately we are talking about the vaccine. We're doing this interview because we care. It's not about our own selfishness. Like I really want to go to Hawaii. No, it's I want everyone to be safe. I want people to have their loved ones around this holiday season and not be missing their mom or dad or cousin or aunt because they lost their lives to COVID. This is this can be prevented, and that's what breaks my heart. And I think that's why obviously all of us um, get so frustrated and find it so difficult to find that empathy for these anti-vaxxers. In terms of the anti-vaxxers that that come from what Joanna was talking about, pod-wise, the privileged ideologist, because of course, not everyone has the same upbringing and background. And uh, we can't throw every every anti-vaxxer in the same pod. (laughs) You know, as difficult as that is, because there's a lot of emotion at at play here and it muddles our our thinking. At least that's what happens to me. And sometimes I have to stop myself and go, what's going on? Why is this person thinking this way? Why is that person thinking this way? But ultimately, we just want everyone to be safe and well and happy beyond ourselves and people in our circles. Yeah. And Um, I listen, I'm there with you. Like I experienced my own frustration. I'm I'm good here on this podcast talking about positive, but like I have a therapist who I scream to. We all, <laughs> we all like, we all, and I think that there's something about the psychology of feeling like something was so close. You know, we had like a few glorious weeks this summer where we were like, yeah. okay, we got vaccinated. We can start to get back to our lives and having it take, uh, taken away is very, very frustrating for all of us. I also want to go to Hawaii, by the way, like, let me be clear. I want to help people and I want to go to Hawaii. So I get, I get all of that. Um, you know, this pandemic will come to an end. Eventually enough people will be infected or vaccinated. Um, you know, it's going to get better over time. But how soon that happens and how many people die in the process is the question that's really up for grabs that we really don't know. Um, and so that really depends on how many people get vaccinated. So I think thinking about it that way really helps. So many of the comments I see online against the vaccine is that this vaccine is different than all the other vaccines because it was done so quickly and it's with a different um, technology and that's why they don't trust it. What do you say to those people? Yeah, I think it was new on a lot of people's radar. So that's a totally normal question to have. Um, The mRNA vaccines aren't actually new. They've been in development for about 15 years. They've been used around the world and other things for things like Ebola. Um, We actually have more, you know, I'm somebody who, who participates in a lot of research and 
the amount of data that we have on the safety of mRNA vaccines far exceeds any data I've seen for anything out there, like even aspirin or Tylenol. Um, you know, it was studied in, in tens of thousands of people before it was even launched. And now we have literally billions of data points. We've administered billions of vaccines around the world. And it has one of the highest safety profiles of, of anything that I've ever seen. People often are concerned about long-term health benefits, but uh, long-term health adverse events, that something might happen down the road. The truth is the way the immune system works, there are examples in history of when there have been adverse events to vaccines. Those tend to happen in the first few weeks. You know, I was vaccinated back in December. I was, because as a healthcare worker, I was one of the first people to get vaccinated. We just don't see, just doesn't make any sense for how the immune system works about any kind of long-term health outcomes. So they've been around a long time. So many people have been vaccinated. We in no way can consider this a new technology given how how widespread they are around the country. And, I, and they're just so absolutely safe. There are very few medications that exist with such a high safety profile. And a lot of it has to do, right, with the fact that so many people have had COVID or so many people have had to get vaccinated. The sample size that we have far exceeds any other sample size for any other type of, of medication, right? Right. And the other thing we have a lot of data about is what happens to people after COVID infection if they survive. Well, you know, I've heard, oh, maybe this side effect might happen from the vaccine. I'm like, please, please do find data on what happens with COVID infection. If you're concerned about, you know, you're pregnant and you're worried about miscarriages, look at how severe miscarriages are once pregnant women are infected with COVID. You know, you're, you're concerned about something might happen to the heart. You read something, you know, people have severe heart damage who survive COVID infection. So I always really encourage people to, to compare and contrast a theoretical, not proven concern about the vaccine with the very, very clear and well understood um, adverse health outcomes that are that are um, caused by COVID infection. And also wanting to add because I would I actually had so many people go to your Instagram, Stacey, because of this, because I know a lot of people who have caught COVID and do not want to get the vaccine because they think they're good for life. Right. So the variants really change that game. And so, you know, the the structure of the virus is different once there's a mutation and you have a variant. So you would have potentially been somewhat protected against the same kind of variant. But now the initial COVID that was around last year almost no longer exists. Everything is Delta variant. We have ample amounts of evidence to show that there's not protection um, to, to the Delta variant, even if you've had a prior COVID infection. Yeah, I think that's also incredibly important for our community to hear because my mom was just telling me yesterday that a couple of her friends who had COVID do not want to get the vaccine. So thank you. Yeah. Dr. Lynn, thank you so much for joining us because me and Jenny, you know, <laughs> I can speak for myself. I can read a bunch of articles. I can't. I am a comedian. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. And I think that having you here to answer our questions hopefully answers questions for those at home that maybe are hesitant or have someone in their life that don't want to get vaccinated and, and they need the information in order to convince them to do the right thing for them and for their safety. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for taking the time on your podcast for dedicating to this issue. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. And when you come back to New York, you know, we can go grab a coffee, hang out. We can, back, safe, safe vaccinated hangout. <laughs> safe vaccinated hang, hangout. Jenny can come too after all of this is over. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you guys so much. Be safe. Yes, you too. Thank you, we will. Bye. All right, Jenny, some people have been wanting for us to bring back the word segment. So here we are bringing back the word segment. I have a word for you. Mm. The word is viruela. Do you know what that is? It sounds like a condition. Like I got a shot against la viruela. 
you're fucking genius. Yes. Viruela is smallpox. Oh. But what is very, very interesting is that people like me who were born outside of the United States, our smallpox vaccine left a mark, like an indentation on our right arm. (gasps) And that's one of the ways you can tell whether someone was born overseas or not, is if you see their right or left arm and you see a little like scar tissue there, a little like indentation, a shiny indentation. That's the viruela vaccine, and that also means that they weren't born in the States. Why is it so big? You get, you basically get like a tiny little smallpox. Oh, no wonder. Viruela was our grandmother's COVID. Viruela was our grandmother's COVID. They were like, oh my fucking God, please get your viruela shot, you know? <laughs> I mean, again, my, my parents, my grandparents, everyone was all about getting the vaccines necessary because they didn't want us walking around with, you know, any of these conditions. And look, now, viruela, I kind of forgot what it meant because we don't we don't have smallpox around anymore. We don't have viruela around anymore because of vaccines. Mm-hmm. So viruela, there you go. Uh, a disease that was eradicated thanks to vaccines. And you can tell I have it because of the weird thing on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> Ponte la vacuna, carajo. <laughs> <laughs> 